0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, some old and some new, and we explore areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. Welcome, welcome to Where Faith Grows, everyone. Thanks for joining me again today as I continue this two-part series with Sydney Lau. I know you guys are loving her story so far and can't wait to jump right back in. But for those of you just now joining us, I want to give you a little bit of backstory on Sydney. Today's guest is Sydney Lau. Originally from South Carolina, Sydney is a worship leader slash songwriter who moved to Nashville, Tennessee after marrying her husband, Ryan, in 2018. She and her husband met in college while both studying music. Sydney taught music in schools for several years before deciding to pursue her own original music, which will be releasing in 2020. She often travels to different churches in the area to lead worship and attends the Belonging Co. as her church home. She's extremely passionate about her relationship with God and works to make the Holy Spirit an active part of her everyday life in the big moments and the small. Today's show is all about God's calling for your life and pursuing the things God has made you passionate about. If you didn't catch the first part of this series, I'm going to link it in the show notes for you to catch up with us. And in the last episode, we talked all about Sydney beginning to step out in faith and follow God's calling for her life. Today, we're going to continue on and talk about the influence of music on Sydney's life and how she turned a passion into a career by following where God was leading her heart. Let's dive right back in, folks. I know you're going to love this. All right, so we've talked about your music just a little bit, but— Growing up, was music, like, always a part of who you were, or did you kind of grow into it? So,
1: definitely has always been a part of who I am. Um, I grew up with a mom who sings all of the time. And doesn't just, like, sing, but, like, she sings. Like, she's a good singer, you <laughs> know what like I mean? She's, like, into it. <laughs> yeah, she's a very good singer. Um, it actually goes back to my grandfather, so my mom's dad is an amazing musician. He plays guitar, he sings, he plays the fiddle. He is just, Love that. He's such a catch. He's great. (laughs) He's such a catch. Uh, He is, he's such, you should see his hair. He's got this beautiful, like, silver hair. Like, still? A full head of beautiful silver hair. He's amazing. What a catch, you're Uh, right. He (laughs) is, and he's so talented. So then he passed it on to her, and then she got my sister and myself into it. So the three of us grew up singing in church together. Which is amazing. So much fun. precious. (laughs) Like, I can't—I truly can't remember the first time that I sang in front of people because I— We just always did it. Yeah. And we would just sing
0: three-part harmonies together all the time. Which I think church is, like, a great place to grow up with music because it's, like, not competitive in nature. Yeah,
1: it's just fun. Yeah. And, like, so the three of us would just sing songs together. And, I mean, from from the time that I can remember, we were singing. It was just always three-part harmonies. Like, (laughs) my mom would sing the lead, and I would sing the high part, and my sister would sing the low part. (laughs) And that was just our thing. Yeah. And we did it forever. And I mean, that's what kind of got me into it. Um, And I would just play around on the piano. Did you take lessons or just kind of do the church thing? So I tried to take piano lessons as a kid and I just was not into it because I was the kid that I could play really well by ear. So yes. I could, like, copy things really
0: easily. So it's like, um, why do I need to take time to read music?
1: Right. Which, of course, now I kick myself because I'm like, wow, how handy would it be to be that person who can, like, pick up right. complicated sheet music and just go for it? That is not me because <laughs> I I just always played by ear and I did not enjoy having to read sheet music. So I did not take lessons for very long, um, which, of course, I had to catch up in college. Oh, yeah, because as a music ed major, you had to do that a lot. I did, so I had to catch back up later in life. But, yeah, so to- always been doing that. I pretty much give my mom all the credit for anything I do because she
0: just, like, brought us up in it, you know? It's so cool that you guys all sing together in church. did. I love did. that so much. We did, we did. So you kind of already talked about also why you chose to go to music full time because mm-hmm. it was, you know, the right move for your heart and all that. But what, what made you— what made the mental shift from, like, this is more than a hobby for me? Mm. Well, That's kind of hard to answer, probably. No,
1: it, that's <laughs> a great question. Um, I think there are a lot of factors at play with that. Um, part of it is that I, before I moved to Nashville, I was very involved at um, a church that I was attending at the time. I did a lot of worship leading there and mm. just— fell madly in love with doing that. And it wasn't the first time that I had done worship leading, but it was the first time that I had gotten myself really plugged in and invested in a specific church and really like got into it and I was so involved and I was so in love with what we were doing at that church. And um I mean I still miss it all the time when I think about it. Um but so I just I found myself loving, just getting to seeing only people in worship. I mean, I was yeah. just crazy about it. I It was so much fun and it was a passion of mine. And it was also, I, I felt that I was making a difference um, in my church and, right. you know, being able to speak life into people while I was singing uh, because they really gave me that platform to be able to be led by the Holy Spirit and say things that I felt like he was giving me in the moment. And it was just, like, amazing to have that platform to be able to help people but use my gifts to do that. Right. And you're like, wow, jobs can be fun. <laughs> jobs can be fun. And jobs can be so impactful, you know. So that, that led me towards that direction. Right. And I had always been writing songs and doing music on my own. But, like you said, just for fun. Yeah. But then the more that I started to get affirmation from people about my abilities— Um, It just encouraged me more and more of, like, I could actually maybe, like, do this as a real thing. And maybe people would be into it and people would like it. So that's when I got more into the actual songwriting, um, working on my own original music, that kind of thing. Right. Um, That's vulnerable. (laughs) It's very vulnerable, for (laughs) sure. Yeah. Um, Especially the music that I'm writing um, is—it's all music—
0: about personal experiences that I've had. Yeah, so especially vulnerable. So it's, the most vulnerable. <laughs> it's
1: so vulnerable. And people who know me really well are probably going to know what a lot of the songs are specifically talking about. And <laughs> Which gonna, can be good or bad. They're <laughs> going to call me and be like, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about in this line or what yeah. circumstance you're talking about. And I'll be like. I'll just let people draw their own conclusions. I don't know. Um, You'll be like
0: Taylor Swift. Everyone's always like, this song is about so-and-so. Right.
1: And genuinely, every single song that I have written thus far has been about a very specific thing. It's not like just random songs. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like a broad
0: theme. It's like... That one time yeah. that this happened.
1: So I'm just going to be really interested to see what people think about it because it's not like stuff that I made
0: up. It's real things. <laughs> yes. And is your your music is secular or? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm writing pop music is the best way I can describe it. Um, and I think that um, as passionate as I am about worship leading, I just feel really called to write secular pop music that is clean yes i love that well, because there's yeah. there's such a i'm not i don't want to say that there's a lack of it because that is so not true but i do feel like as a believer who loves all types of music i would love to have and i do have some go-to artists that are not necessarily worship artists or specifically christian artists but i can listen to their music and like you know not be afraid to play it when my parents are in the car, <laughs> sure. or when Jack is my nephew is in the car, yes. you know, because I'm yeah. not worried about what they're gonna say. So that's kind of what I feel called into is like writing music that everyone can relate to, yeah, that is clean. And also having the opportunity i've I've worked on a few songs that um kind of hint towards my relationship with God. yeah, and I, I really want to be able to. Add some of that into it, so that maybe people who wouldn't normally listen to just a Christian artist will yeah. actually be exposed to some ideas about
0: Christianity. I love that. So without much. even realizing it, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you can still write like life giving and like Christian themed songs while still being in the secular world and then there's not like this barrier of entry for people who Mm -hmm. would feel uncomfortable listening to what they perceive as church music for sure and so yeah you you have an opportunity to like change so many lives because they're not going to feel uncomfortable or like they're not in the club you know yeah exactly so Mm -hmm. i love that i love that so much Thanks. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to link it on here so people can hear it. I bet it's great. I hope so. We will see. (laughs) i I heard you sing, and I love it. So thank you. Thank you. So we talked about music and faith a little bit, and your time as a worship leader, and you still do that some. Yes. Um, Why? Big question. Big, broad question. Why do you think music is important to faith? Mm.
1: (laughs) It's funny because it's actually like kind of a— I feel like it's kind of like a hot debate topic. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst Christians and worship leaders and musicians, I've encountered so many people who have some really strong opinions about this. Um, for me personally, I my walk with God. When I look back on it, the first times that I can remember truly feeling the Holy Spirit were in moments of worship. Mm. And that's just me personally. That's not everyone's experience. right? Um, But for me, music is such an important part of how I communicate that it is so special for me to be able to use music to communicate to God and to thank Him for what He's done and to praise Him for what He's done and to, you know, just declare things about Him and about what He thinks about me and about... The promises that He's given us. And so to be able to do that in the way that I communicate, I feel Mm -hmm. like the best, is really special for me personally. But then for everyone, I feel like, think about being in a church service. There are like kind of three parts to it generally. You've got your worship time, and then you've got a message from a pastor, and then you probably have like a little bit more worship time with an invitation or something yeah, like that. You some know, closing. Some time. sort of a closing of some sort. Um, it's different everywhere. But the worship time is the time that you're actually actively participating in what's happening. You're not right. just sitting and consuming someone else's words, which is an important thing. Sure. Um But during that worship time, you are actually actively participating in what's going on, and you are speaking words, you are singing words, you are proclaiming truths. And I just think there's so much power in declaring Scripture out loud. I think that's a real thing. And um, praying Scripture. And so what we're doing is we are singing Scripture, and we're proclaiming it as truth, and we're coming into agreement with
0: the words that we're singing. And I just see that that's really powerful and important. It's almost like a form of prayer It is in a lot of ways. And, like, especially now, I mean, like, I think about in my adult life, rarely, rarely do I pray out loud. Right. And there's something special about that, you know? Oh, my
1: goodness. There's something huge about it. Like, there—I've found— I, I have to either pray out loud or I have to write down my prayers because mm-hmm. my thoughts get very jumbled in my head. And I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've got too much going on up there. I can't. Next I, thing I, there, I you're like focus. planning out dinner. <laughs> Literally, I've been trying to pray in my head before. And the next thing I know, I'm like, you said, like, I'm thinking about something completely different. Sure. And then I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. And then you feel bad. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not trying to neglect our conversation. I'm so sorry. I just get distracted. So I, I have to do that. But I i found that it's really done some special things for me to like really talk to God like he is a person because he is a being like, yeah, he is with us. And so to be able to talk to him is big. So it's the same kind of thing with worship. Yeah. And, you know, music is has a like scientifically you can do a lot of research on how music affects our emotions and how it affects our minds and how it does. I have a whole book because I'm really interested in film scoring. That's like a whole different you need to talk to our buddy Aaron. I have. Okay, he, <laughs> he loves this. Yeah, he and I talk about this all the time. We're actually working on a project together this weekend. Oh, that's amazing. Um, okay, yeah. That was a side so, <laughs> I have a whole book that talks about like um, how different intervals in music and different chords and different things literally cause you to feel and mm. interpret certain things. Um, and so I've wow. heard a lot of people argue that music is manipulative in churches oh, and that wow. we're like manipulating people's emotions and trying to like make them feel a certain way. However, I would like to argue that God made music that powerful and. Why wouldn't we use that to express the emotions that we're feeling when we're saying the words in those songs? Yeah. Like, the people who wrote specific songs, they used the music that they use because they are trying to tell us something. They're trying to tell God something. Wow. And I don't think that that's manipulative.
0: I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's like an art form. It's like this— that chord progression is showing that that is what that truth makes them feel. 100%. Which, that's so cool. I've never thought about that.
1: Well, I, I'm a big instrumental music person. That's why I love the idea of film scoring and things like that. Um, I, I listen to instrumental music probably more than anything else. Right. Um, and let me tell you, just a melody on its own communicates so much to me. Like Yeah. Just when I hear something, I listen to a lot of instrumental worship music, like when I'm reading scripture and praying and all these different things. And there are so many songs that I could not tell you what the actual song is because I just find these playlists and I listen to them. Yeah. But they mean so much to me just because of how they sound. Yeah.
0: And like, I don't you're, know. It's almost like you're. I think music definitely speaks to our souls in a way that nothing else does. That and for like, sure. I don't think that's an accident. Like, I think God it's did not. that so on purpose. I mean, like even in the bible like psalms are songs like that that's music Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's a whole nother we could really get into that but right we're not the point is (laughs) i think like music like unlocks something in us that helps us like communicate with him easier in Mm -hmm. a way and like i think for me personally when i'm singing or worshiping it's like it's one of it's I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. It makes it easier for me to have the expectation that he will speak back. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense at all. It's almost like, because I feel like that's, like, it's almost like the doors open between us Mm -hmm. with music. I don't know. Absolutely. I can't explain that any better than that.
1: No, it makes perfect sense. And I think that part of that, too, is just being with a group of believers who are all... Yeah, all doing the same thing. We're things. all like, worshiping the same God, and I think there's something really powerful about our numbers. It's just like yeah. there's power in prayer. Like we're always trying to get as yes. many people as we can to be praying for specific things that we need. Um, it's the same thing in worship. There's something powerful about a group of people all worshiping the same God and proclaiming yeah. the exact same truths at the same time. And That's like so true. lifting their voices. It's, it's such a big deal. And I just—there's no world where you will convince me that music— is not important in our faith, yeah. Because it just is. I, it's it in is. scripture all over the place.
0: Yeah, and another one that I was just reading the other day. I was doing some research about, um, Rahab. Mm-hmm. Well, she lived in Jericho, so you know Jericho. We know about like them doing the trumpets and like walking around, and it's yeah. like, but it just hit me. I don't know why it just hit me, but like that was music, mm-hmm. and it's like music made the walls come down. Right. And and with us, music makes the walls come down. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I think that's why it makes it feel so, like, it's back and forth between me and God with worship. Because it's, like, that's when, like, all the walls come down. It's 100%. Like, it's such a beautiful thing. And it's hard to, like, tap into that kind of vulnerability of feeling with anything else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because you're not in your head as much. Absolutely. Which I love. <laughs>
1: yes. No, that's that's such an important thing. I I love music in church. And I love... I just love worship music, and I think that it is so powerful. And I I would argue—I mean, I had to take so many music history classes in college, and, I mean, you go back so early into how music even got started. Right. And for the most part, it was started for the purpose of worshiping. Like, that's that's how most of what we have mm-hmm. and, like— the way we notate music, the way yes. <laughs> that choirs are formed, the way that we pronounce our words in a choir like all of these things, if you go back, it all started by, you know, being in the church and people trying to worship and, like, you know. Even the way that they sang was so that it could be projected loud enough, loudly enough so that people could hear because they didn't have microphones. Right. And it's like all of that carries. That's so cool. In, all of it carries
0: into what it is now. And it was because of the church. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and like amongst different denominations and things, the way we worship is widely varied. But I think universally it's used as, you know as that way to like communicate together Mm -hmm. and like declare truth and I, I love that. Today's show is brought to you by Celebrate Life Market. I'm always looking for shirts and other clothing items that share positive messages and inspire people. I love using what I wear to strike up conversations about faith and joy and positivity. Celebrate Life Market on Etsy is my new go-to place to find all kinds of positive and uplifting shirts, sweatshirts, and tote bags. I just bought the shirt I'm actually wearing right now from them. It says, make everybody feel like a somebody. I love it so much. It's cute, colorful, and so soft. And I just love the thought that I'm using what I wear to spread a message of hope and positivity. If you spend $35 with them on Etsy, you can get free shipping for your order. And if you use code Grows, you can get 10% off today just for being a listener of the podcast. So head over to Etsy.com today and search Celebrate Life Market to find them. Okay, so... We've jumped around. We're going to come full circle. Yes. Back to your big shift into going from teaching to wanting to do music full time. Yeah. What would you say to somebody else who is feeling that same way? Who's like they're just not feeling like they're in their calling. They're not feeling like they're in what God's best for them would be. What what would you say to that person and like what would what would you have want them to do next?
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is To definitely spend a lot of time in prayer before you just jump into something. Sure. (laughs) Because— Unlike me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I I spent too much time overthinking it, and I think that if you are in a place in your walk with the Lord and your relationship with the Holy Spirit, that you really—you're very comfortable with recognizing the way that He speaks to you and the way that He communicates to your heart. I think if you're really confident in that— then I would say you need to listen to him. And if he is urging you this strongly by you feeling this negatively about what you're doing, then I say listen to him, especially if you've already got an alternative in your mind that seems like... feasible. It seems like what you're feeling more called to, then I would say, you know, still continue to pray about it. But if you continue to feel that way... I think that—I think God's going to honor your correct direction, yeah, and He's not going to honor that by making you miserable.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And if you're someone who is not in that place, which is totally fine, because I think we're all constantly learning more about that. We all,
0: like, refine that process over time.
1: Throughout our whole lives, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say just really spend some time in prayer about it and— Read Scripture, honestly. Read Scripture, and before you read it, just pray. Pray about this situation and say, like, you know, just ask God to use His Word to reveal something to you. Because I can be reading truly the most random story yeah. in the Bible that has nothing to do with what I'm dealing with, and <laughs> somehow the revelation that I need will come to me. Yeah, and it's like He does
0: that on purpose.
1: He absolutely does. I mean, His, his Word is so powerful. Um So I would say just really spend some time in prayer, spend time in Scripture, and just ask God to reveal what what you need to hear. And He definitely will. And allow yourself to trust your discernment and your intuition.
0: Yes, You know,
1: that's really important. Unless you have a really strong history of (laughs) bad decisions, (laughs) back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, then maybe that is a different thing that you need to be praying about and looking yeah. into of, like, why am I always struggling to be content where I am?
0: Sure. Because but, that's a totally different cause thing. Because
1: that's a to- whole, totally different issue. But I think for the most part, trust your own discernment. Especially yeah. if, you, if you're if you a believer and you have the Holy Spirit, I feel like He gives us feelings, some feelings. Obviously, we're not sure. trying to chase our hearts all the time because
0: it's <laughs> deceptive. But certain feelings were given for a reason. Yeah. And, like... The other thing that I think is taught to us, whether it's, like, I don't know if this is intentional, but this is certainly how I grew up feeling, is, like, I think a lot of times we live in constant fear of making the quote-unquote wrong decision Mm. or, like, straying from God's plan, and we hear a lot about straying from the path, and— For the longest time in my young adulthood, and even still now sometimes, I would live in constant fear of Mm -hmm. that. And I think that fear can be so crippling to making decisions that are really good for our lives. Mm -hmm. And one thing that my dad told me that has, like—it has stuck with me for a long time, and it's so relevant to this—is he said— he started off by saying, yeah, you can mess up God's ideal plan for you. Mm. And I was like, no! you know, <laughs> you know? And then he was like, but you can never, ever mess up his ability to continue planning good for your life. Mm. And to me, that was such like a freeing concept because yeah. it's like, okay, I don't have to live in this constant fear of like dipping my toe in the water of what mm-hmm. I feel like is next. It's like. 100%. It gave me like a little more freedom to trust that discernment that you're talking about and like move forward in my faith and in my life knowing that like I'm not always going to make the perfect decision, and that's okay because yeah. I'm not going to ruin His ability to plan for mm-hmm. me. There was
1: actually—I was listening to a podcast today that was like a past sermon at our church that I was cool. just re-listening to. They had some different people from our congregation like just speak that don't normally speak. And this one amazing woman— was talking about this exact topic. And she was talking about how she often felt very stressed about the idea of ruining God's best plan for her. Yes. (laughs) And she said that there was one instance in her life where she felt very, she felt like God was asking her to be obedient in a certain thing. Sure. And so she was obedient in that. And then what she perceived as like the fruition of having been obedient didn't turn out the way that it was supposed to Mm. and in that she started really questioning she was like she was praying and she was like god i um i'm scared that i've made the wrong decision like what if i did the wrong thing what am i gonna do and she said that she just felt god saying well what if you did make the wrong choice (laughs) yes (laughs) What if you did? Then what? What do you think, what is this awful outcome that you think is going to happen? And (laughs) she just realized in that moment that God was so pleased with her for her heart posture of trying to be obedient to what she felt like he wanted. And she realized that she needed to start believing that his plan B for her, he has every ability to make even better than plan A. Yeah, that is so well put. That is, it, it spoke to me in ways that I, I didn't even, I had never thought about. Like, yeah. the idea that, yeah, you can mess up yeah, the plan totally. that he had. But he is so sovereign. He is so capable of... Yeah, repositioning everything to be the way it needs to be that he can make Plan B even better than Plan sure. A was gonna be
0: like, and 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 that's not necessarily like a strike against you in his book. No. Like he's not keeping a tally of our bad choices because he's he just knew
1: <laughs> he knew her heart in that moment. She yeah. literally made a choice, thinking, mm-hmm. "I want to be obedient to you." And that's I don't yeah. always hear you perfectly because I am still learning that, but I'm trying. And like, I think God honors those
0: leaps of faith. I. So agree. I think he cares way more about, like, I always, I've been saying a ton lately, I would much rather look for God around every corner and, like, be wrong and people think I'm crazy Mm -hmm. than miss him trying to tell me something important. Absolutely. I think if we take those leaps of faith, like, he's going to honor our heart in that, even if it's not, like, perfect every time.
1: I mean, I learned that in my relationship with Ryan, like, this exact topic that we're talking about is a big part of the reason that we were apart for a while. It's because I was obsessed with the idea of
0: making the right choice. Right, which, like, with a spouse in Christian world, that's like a whole another. That's
1: a whole different podcast episode. That's a whole, episode. <laughs> that's a whole did- different episode of this podcast. But like yeah. I was obsessed with the idea of getting it right because I the the fear was like driven into me from a young age of yeah. like, if you marry Finding the wrong God's person, best for you. if yeah. you marry the wrong person, well, that's it. Yes. <laughs> and that I have so many opinions on that that we don't even have time for.
0: Oh, man. We have to do but, more episode. We've yeah. got a lot more to say. <laughs> but
1: that whole topic is the reason that Ryan and I didn't just get married off the bat, which it worked out because we needed that time. And, again, God worked that sure. out perfectly. But it's like— Being so obsessed with doing exactly what God tells you, I think half the time he's like, hey, why don't you make a move and then watch what I I do because of that. Yeah, watch
0: what I can do with this. But if you just keep standing here, nothing's going to happen. You have to make a move. I love it. Love it. Love all of it. Yeah. Okay, we're going to close that chapter for now because I do think we're going to have to do this. I know. (laughs) We have more to talk about that for so long. But something just kind of fun. Okay, so at the end... Of every podcast, I ask people to tell me three things that they are loving right now. So, that could be, like, I mean, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be spiritually related at all. Like, it yeah. could just literally be, like, like when I, my last person I interviewed, she said she's loving her Stitch Fix right now. So, literally loving. anything.
1: Okay, cool. Um, So, I'm loving having a life with Ryan. Yes. I know that's so typical to say, because I'm, like, kind of newly married, but... We have just, man, we've come a long way. Anyone who knows my story with Ryan, it is such a miracle that we we finally made our way to each other. From that day, seeing him directing Traffic. I'm going to tell you, I knew in that moment it just had to happen. I ran from it for a while, but I always knew. Um, so I'm just so thankful. And it's honestly, even though I miss my family dearly, it is so cool to have this, like, adventure of just being with him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like our thing to be here in Nashville together. It's just the two of us. It's really taught us a lot. So I love that. Um, I am loving being surrounded by people who are passionate about the same things I am. Yes. that's Yeah, that's a good one. And, you know, I really genuinely went through a phase when I graduated college because I four years of my life I spent surrounded by all people who were doing music in some way yeah and it was like my dream come true because you know where I grew up in Pickens there just was not a lot of that (laughs) every time you say Pickens I just think about
0: um Stars Hollow
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is so picture like Stars Hollow but very southern yeah very southern
0: yeah I can't yeah Like, yeah, very
1: Southern. Um, That's Pickens, but what was I even saying? Oh, yeah. So there was not a lot of music happening in Pickens, so I just—I wasn't exposed to that. So that was cool, and I kind of thought when I graduated that that was going to be over. Yeah. But then I moved here, and I started working um, where I'm working now and meeting new friends and being involved in a church— Um, that's just really passionate about the Lord, but also is full of creatives who are all involved in music or A very natural thing. (laughs) Yeah, that is such a foreign concept to me, to just be surrounded by people who all love what I love. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I was in high school, I felt like a total weirdo because my group of friends were absolutely not into any of the Hmm. artsy things that I was. Yeah. Um, And so to finally—and I still— wonderful people that I love it's just sure. I I had never been around people who loved what I did and so I'm really thankful for that on a daily basis I'm having conversations with people about very specific things like yeah you know <laughs> music things yeah like <laughs> hey what kind of strings patch are you using these days or like you very specific <laughs> things and we're just having conversations about it it's really great um so that's fun And then the last thing, I guess, is just the fact that I'm releasing music soon. Yes! And it's, like, soon, soon. So, it's very terrifying and very exciting because I've wanted to do it for such a long time. So, very soon. It's like a dream coming to fruition. It is. It's so much work coming to fruition, honestly. It is. It's like birthing a child. You're about to birth a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I am birthing a baby, and it is called my first song. Uh, (laughs) Um... So that's really exciting. I'm excited about it, but I'm also really scared because, yeah. you know, with doing something like that, there's always the chance that people are going to, you know, actively hate it, which is unlikely. Actively. But there's also <laughs> the chance that people will just be really indifferent to it. Yeah, And that's just kind of a risk that I'm willing to take. Just the fact that. that I'm releasing it is like such an accomplishment for me. Well, in a way, it's like,
0: because of everything we've talked about, in a way, this is almost like a leap of faith for you. It very much is. Which is really cool.
1: And honestly, like, I've been learning a lot um, at my church recently. Our pastors have been talking a lot about reaping and sowing. Yeah. And how that applies to everything that we do. Yeah. And it's like a literal principle— just of life that you reap what you sow and everything that you do. And I've just been really trusting that I've been sowing so much time and so much energy and so much effort into all this music that I've been working on that I'm just kind of trusting that like, I'm going to reap something out of it, whether it's just the ability to continue doing it. That is so great for me. Or if it's reaping just someone really relating to what I've released and you know being able to just relate to the words that i've written yeah that i mean that's a big deal to me you know yes so anyways
0: <laughs> i feel like the first time somebody messages you and says like this touched me it's just going to be gonna like cry
1: <laughs> my eyes out i'm literally like ugh, i don't think anyone could ever understand how much it It means just to even like take the time to listen to something that I've done. Even when I post like a little Instagram video or something, when someone messages me or comments and just says like, I love what you're doing, that that makes my entire world because I'm like, wow, I'm not just, you know, doing this for no reason. Like it it means something to someone. Yeah.
0: That's really special to me. It's not just being like released into the into the atmosphere to just disappear you know which will link all of your stuff on here too so people can cool. come find you how and, cool is that oh and if there goodness. was a fourth thing you were loving right now it would be gilmore girls
1: oh uh, <laughs> don't even get me started with rory gilmore right now sydney's
0: watching gilmore girls for the first time ever yeah which i can't believe you don't know spoilers i don't
1: i don't know how <laughs> i've avoided them i really don't um, so I won't give any spoilers, but all I'm saying is I'm just not really happy with her right now
0: and I'm sure it'll all work itself out. I in want to the say end. so much, but I can't. <laughs> and are you going to watch the, I can't remember what it was called, but you know, they came out with the Netflix yes. like the year.
1: Well, so my question is, do I have to finish the series before I should watch that? Yes. Okay. So hundred percent. And I've seen that it says it's a limited time thing. Yeah, I don't know when they're getting rid of it, so you better
0: crank through this last season or two. But here's,
1: let me tell you all the issue with this.
0: (laughs) So I started
1: watching this show on my own. This was my
0: thing. Oh, Matt does this to me all the time. I already know what you're going to say. So
1: Ryan weasels his way in (laughs) and and starts like, (laughs) yeah, he starts just like kind of watching with me every now and then and starts slowly catching on to what's going on. Next thing I know, I'm not allowed to watch it unless he's
0: there. Yeah, this is such a Matt, this is a husband thing, I think, really. Matt does this all the time. Matt does this all the time. I, I, like, finally find a show that I can binge watch without him, and then he gets into it. It doesn't matter, like, how feminine the show is. Like, oh. he's in it.
1: Listen, Ryan has been saying things. I don't want to use any characters' names to give anything away. Right. I'm going to use the name Brad. Okay, As sure. a neutral name. <laughs> Ryan will say things to me like, I swear, if Brad (laughs) does not show back up on this show, like he's the best thing that's ever happened to her. Like, why is he not? Like Ryan, who are you? (laughs)
0: Ryan gets so into this drama. And I'm just like, oh my word. I used to like love watching The Bachelor, and now it's like a me and Matt thing. Like Matt is so into the bachelor. That is shocking. We used to have last year we actually did like a bachelor bracket. And we didn't do it this year, but, like, we make our predictions. We, like, had it printed out last year.
1: That, that's legit. (laughs) He's
0: into it. Like,
1: you guys are not playing with this. This (laughs) is a really important thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many spoilers about The Bachelor. I don't feel like I can ruin it. But this year, like, the crop of females was just subpar. Subpar. (laughs) There was, like, good drama. It was a good drama-filled season, but mm-hmm. like in terms of actual good matches for mm-hmm. The Bachelor, they were few and far between. I saw, so I um, I follow Ellen DeGeneres on Instagram. <laughs> Tell me all because she's
1: great. Ellen, I'm obsessed <laughs> with Ellen. I would meet her today. Oh yeah, um, we should take a trip and go like be in her audience. I would die. I'm obsessed, and so I followed her on Instagram, and she posted a montage. Is that the right word? Yeah. Montage of what the girls do every time that they greet... The guy, the oh bachelor, yeah, the, the they, jumping they they the all swing all jump and they all jump and they wrap their bodies around him, which like that's just the picture of terror for me. It's it's a lot to take in, <laughs> honestly. Like, like that I, takes confidence. I think I've only done that to Ryan a handful of times, and honestly, it catches him off guard. And I'm yes. always scared that he's not going to be ready, and then I'm just going to knock him down. Right, like
0: talk about vulnerable. So like, I, I could
1: go down, like you could fall. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> oh my word, yeah. So I don't. I, it's a lot but that made me laugh to see that which that is what they all do it's like they have this unspoken pact like yeah we're all gonna do this like Peter probably has like bruised hips
1: yeah well and what I love too is like what he said to greet them it kept repeating he would say like get over here yeah
0: Hey, come on. It's like you could really make like some fun games for The Bachelor with things that like they always say like that person's not here for the right reasons. Like they always say that. That's every time. I, man,
1: wow, The Bachelor. I've not ever spent time really watching it, but yes. it is a fascinating concept. Well, the finale is in two weeks. You could watch it with us if you wanted. I, I need to get caught up on what's been happening. It's not challenging. It's not <laughs> It's not
0: like there's, like, a difficult plot. Right. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah,
1: that, that makes sense. That's for sure. Okay,
0: on that note, thank you yes. for being on the show. Thanks for having me. That was. Oh, we covered a lot. We did. So... Yeah. Yay. That's it. Yay. <laughs> Wow, what a beautiful conclusion to our two-part mini-series about following God's calling through the passions He has placed within us. I know you loved this conversation as much as I did, and now you see why I couldn't possibly cut anything out. Sydney's heart is truly amazing, and I loved getting to hear more about her story and see how her confidence and her faith in the Holy Spirit working in her led her to where she is today. I loved when Sydney said, God has every ability to make his plan B for your life even better than the plan A he originally had in mind. As you heard during the episode, I've honestly never thought about it like this before. I think I always believed God could plan good things for me no matter what, but to think that his plan B has every capability to be better than his plan A gives me a whole new outlook on God's love for us and his ability to continue planning for our futures. What amazing love that ultimately God chooses us each and every day to do His work here on earth. And even in our failures and our shortcomings, He loves us enough to give us passions and allow us to pursue them for His glory. I hope you feel encouraged by this today, and I hope you leave here with a renewed motivation to run the race God has uniquely called you to through your passions. We'll see you back here next week, but until then, we love you. We're praying for you all the time. Today's show music was created by Nick Petrov, editing done by Aaron Trimble, and show notes done by me. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me in this space where we can explore faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends. I'll see you next time on Where Faith Grows.